Welcome to The Thriving Life, where we help women navigate the world while wearing multiple hats. On this podcast, you'll be equipped with mindset, strategy, and skills that will help you lead your life, thrive, and have it all without sacrifice and burnout. I'm your hostess, Ume Oguta, and I'm here to make having it all less intimidating. So grab a seat, kick your shoes off, and let's talk. Okay, so picture this. You're a career-driven woman who has achieved what most people would term success. Yet deep down, you're tired of feeling like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, the weight of your career, parenting, and life alone. You feel stressed about constantly trying to prove yourself at work and have tried to disconnect from the mental exhaustion, but it doesn't seem to be working. You've tried to action some of the productivity hacks to manage your time better, time block, and step away from work. Yet it seems like somehow these things just come ahead of your family and friends and you're just done. You, my friend, are in luck because this episode is for you. Welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time, I'm so glad that you could join us today. We're continuing with our burnout series to actually dive into burnout, to challenge some of the common misconceptions about burnout and how to address burnout. And then I'm going to share some tools and a simple technique that will help you reclaim your life so that you enjoy your career, you know, while prioritizing yourself well-being and family successfully so for the purpose of this podcast i just really want to start with a definition provided by the world health organization and they say that burnout is a syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed now i have mixed feelings about this definition if you listen to a previous episode you'll know why but i also think that the definition of this you know burnout is within the context of work. I think that this speaks to the current narrative and focus on productivity and paid work as that's what counts. It doesn't really take into account the work that mothers and caregivers take on within and outside their homes. I also think that the definition needs to be updated to be reflective of the current continuum of work experiences. And I say this holding my breath. (laughs) A little because as someone who has extensive research background and has a field in sciences, sometimes the research is always playing catch up, right? And it's just so interesting. And I'm hoping that over the next couple of years that this is something that would be thoroughly researched to kind of include all of the possible ways that burnout shows up, not just in the work and career space. Also, before we get started, I just want to preface by saying that I'm not giving medical advice on this podcast. This is only for informational purposes and make sure that you listen, take what matters to you and let the rest go. Please do not make a medical decision about yourself based on what I'm sharing on this podcast episode. I think it's helpful to just also note that based on research, women are the ones who tend to be more prone to experiencing burnout than men. And I was reading one article from the Harvard Business School that says that this is due to something called time stress. And time stress is women's reluctance to delegate and the likelihood that we will put other people's needs ahead of ours. I think that sounds pretty familiar and somewhat true. And this is just, I think, yes, many of us are socialized to be this way, but also we have a natural tendency as women for nurturing others and I think sometimes we are not careful in the way we approach our nurturing sense or nurturing instinct 
that we overexert ourselves. And I think there's also the societal expectation that moms need to be able to balance all the roles and responsibilities. And then that means that if we don't do that, then we're terrible, we're bad people. And sometimes that doesn't really help. It's also one of the reasons why many of us tend to fall into burnout without even realizing it. And then our bodies start to fight back, which was my case. And we think that, you know, we have a medical issue when technically it's not a medical issue. It's just to address burnout. And one thing that I want to say is that burnout is typically not from working long hours or having lots to do. Yes, those play a role, but I think it's mostly just due to the conditions under which our daily activities happen and they happen for a long time. And this speaks to the chronic nature of the stress and overwhelm. For example, for me, when I experienced burnout the second time, (laughs) I was not working. I was on maternity leave. And if you think about the definition that I shared with you earlier, I would not fit under that, right? Like I should have been fine because I had all the time in the world. I was not working. I was taking care of a newborn. But one thing I failed to recognize was that I was also recovering from grief. I had just lost my mom, I think the October before that, and also working through navigating doing that while having a newborn, trying to organize things as the first child with the rest of my siblings back in Nigeria. It was a mess, you know, and then we had to move. And then I had to figure out how to transfer my skills and find a new job after working for a long time in, in research and clinical trials. There was no research and clinical trial uh, office where we moved to. And this was before COVID time. So it wasn't like remote work was even a thing that could be considered. And so there was a lot for me to think about. I remember just waking up some nights in sweats. It was not fun. It was when I ended up having heart palpitations that I went to the doctor and, you know, we had a series of tests and all of that stuff. But all to say that it's easy for us to think, well, it's just so much work. It's because I have a lot of work to do, but that may not really be the case. And so I think that we want to be really careful to track what's happening within our own contexts and not take on blanket statements and blanket situations to somewhat diagnose, I'm using diagnose here in quote, ourselves. And so when we really want to think about burnout prevention and recovery, your first step is always awareness, right? If you don't know what the problem is, you can't find the solution. And so what are the symptoms that are showing up for you? Are you feeling mentally exhausted? Do you feel like you're just running on fumes, constantly fatigued? You might catch yourself saying things like, I just feel stressed and overwhelmed all the time. I feel drained all the time. It's almost like you're just in a fog then you might notice that you start to distance yourself from people. You might be more cynical. You might be indifferent. You might just feel like every day is a bad day and this is the day that things are going to go downhill. Sometimes you might dream of escaping your life, right? Like, oh, if I could just fall sick. I remember this is what happened when I had when I had heart palpitations. There were times when I would just be like, if I could just fall sick so I'd be admitted into the hospital and just be there for like a week, then I'd be fine obviously thinking back now it doesn't make sense but then it totally made sense to me you might have difficulty managing your emotions more than usual right like some of us are just more predisposed to being irritable but if it's becoming something that's happening all the time and you're not able to manage it properly might be time to take a look at what's happening and then there's just like the cognitive challenges right difficulty staying focused you might feel like you're distracted all the time you might have trouble concentrating you might feel a lot of anxiety and worry 
you might not be sleeping well. Usually the lack of sleep is like a huge telltale sign um, because you you just can't rest. You just can't get yourself to slow down and then finally you'll have like all of the psychosomatic issues. You know, heart palpitations, your digestive system might get shot like mine did the first time. Headaches, muscle pain, and you fall sick very frequently, then it's hard for you to recover. One of my clients, that's how she found out when she came to me, like she had been sick continuously for like six months, lots of tests, lots of medications, hospitalization, nothing was changing. And then when we came and had a call, I just started to notice these symptoms. And then that's how we found out that she was experiencing burnout. And now we're working together. It's been amazing. She's fully recovered now and we're planning, you know, re-entry into the workforce. And I think if you're like most women who are on the verge of burnout, one of the things that you might think is best is to quit your job or give up a position that you worked so hard for. You might even think that maybe your partner or your husband is not supporting you and they are the problem (laughs) or your kids, (laughs) right? Like these are the things that we think about. And the purpose for me in this episode is what if you didn't have to do any of that? What if you didn't have to run off and leave your kids and your husband and go hide on an island for three months what if you didn't need to do any of that that's what i want to share in this episode how you can recover in a simple way without having to give up your work or checking out on your family and you can do that in a way that works and is fully aligned with the life that you want to create we're going to talk about recovery first and then we'll talk about some prevention uh, techniques and strategies so When it comes to recovery, you must be an active participant in this recovery process. That means you're going to stop doing some things that you were doing. You might have to start doing things that you were putting away for a long time. Hint, hint, your well-being and health. There's just no other way. I've seen people try to circumvent this. My clients have tried to do it and they always come back to what I'm about to share with you. So... It's just easier to follow the process. That way you don't have to do it over and over again. I created a very simple acronym that'll help you remember the steps in the process. You ready? It's S-T-O-P, stop. S for slow down, T for track, O for own, like O-W-N, and P for plan. And so on the slow down step, you wanna unplug from intense work. A lot of us, when we start to feel stressed and overwhelmed what we do is we try to work harder we try to do things faster thinking that if we could just do that it's going to help us to catch up right because the thought behind the process is i'm not doing enough i'm not catching up so i need to do more to catch up and you want to do the opposite when it comes to burnout i also know this can be challenging for people who are ambitious and peak performers like me it's hard to relax And so because we feed off of the speed and momentum, anything that feels like slowing down is going to feel like we're about to die, but you won't. You're going to think that you're being lazy and unproductive, but you're not, right? The irony is that sometimes burnout will impact your cognitive function. And so if you keep going, you cannot afford to not slow down because that's going to impact the way that you show up to do work going to impact the way that you just show up to live your life and so you want to really slow down so that you can build your foundation and be able to move forward and do what you want to do while thriving and your next step is to start tracking your symptoms so just check in with yourself mindfully 
again with compassion and non-judgment. How are you feeling physically and emotionally? How are you feeling mentally? Are you experiencing persistent negative feelings? Maybe you're experiencing apathy. Do you have loss of motivation? Are you feeling resentful or cynical towards work, towards the people you love, your family? What's happening? What are you doing? How often are you numbing out? And is that impacting the way that you're finishing your tasks at work, showing up at work or showing up in your family? Are you making mistakes more often than the norm? Are you withdrawing from your family, from your colleagues? What tends to activate these behaviors? How long do they typically last? How do you respond? It's so important to track these because burnout, if you remember the definition I gave you, is a syndrome, right? It's not like when someone has cancer, we look at the cells and we're like, oh, those are cancerous cells or malignant tumors that might, you know, eventually lead to cancer. And then we make a diagnosis. Burnout is not the same. And so you really want to be careful to track your symptoms because when you go to talk to a professional, it'll be easy for them to take a look and rule out other things that may not be the case. Or perhaps there's an underlying health condition that you just don't know. And this will be that opportunity for them to be able to help you out. But you won't know this if you're not tracking your symptoms. So that's G for track. The next thing is own. And this is all about just taking full responsibility for your results. Remember, the conditions under which burnout occurs has a big impact on what happens. But you also have a part to play, right? So where are you not taking full charge of your calendar? For so many of us who feel overworked at work, it's because you haven't put parameters around the meetings that you can take, when people can schedule you for meetings, what you're willing to do. And so it's helpful for you to take responsibility for that part that you play. Are you prioritizing what matters to you? Are you letting other people overburden you with their needs? Are you putting yourself last? Where is people pleasing and where is perfectionism really impacting the way you show up? This is all about you, right? We're not blaming, but it's so empowering when you're able to look at your results and outcomes and say, hmm, this is where I played a role. I take full responsibility. I don't dislike myself for this. I'm willing to learn and to change things. That's what this part is about. And then you want to plan. So I recommend for you to really think about restoring your well-being. Think about a plan that involves sleep, nutrition, and movement. These are key. Your body cannot respond well if she is not okay in these areas. And for me, the priority is always sleep. I always start off with sleep with my clients. We think about what is a good sleep regimen that would work for you. What's a routine that works with your current schedule and life? And then we just start to increase that by a few minutes and then hours. Start there. Really think about how can I plan my day so that I'm ready to go to bed and ready to wake up at a time that works best for me. I highly recommend that you also track your eating. One of the things that I notice a lot with my clients is many of them will say, well, I'm eating, but really they're not. What they're doing is snacking. So they'll like grab a bite, whether they're driving or on their way to a meeting, and they think that's food. Yes, it is food. Your body might, you know, use it, but it's not really registering. If you're always on the go, your body just thinks, well, we need to use this energy right away. There's really nothing for it to lean back on. And so you really want to actively engage in the act of eating and being mindful so that your body can use that food efficiently. 
I'm not going to tell you what to eat, just eat, right? And it might feel very odd at first because many of you are going to be waking up your hunger signal. So you'll find that you'll get really hungry often. It's not a problem. There's no need to freak out. If this is just your body's natural response to having been starved for a long time. And so after a while, it's going to regulate and you just need to remind yourself to trust your process. Next, you want to incorporate some kind of movement into your day. This is nothing intense. You just want to make sure that you're incorporating steps that will help you feel present with yourself. So whether that's walking outside, whether that's yoga, whether that's breath work, incorporate those kinds of movements into your day. Now, part of well-being is having social support through connection with others. I've seen this happen a lot with burnout clients or clients who have experienced burnout, even myself. When we're in that space, when we're in that headspace of burnout, what we tend to do is focus in, right? We're like, it's all about me. I need to focus right now so I can get to the end. And we shut out a lot of people, right? We stop accepting invitations out with friends. We stop picking up calls because we think I just need to focus once I get through then I'll have time. Not going to happen. And so what you want to do is really start connecting with other people. Carve out time for social activities. Play games with your children. Play with your spouse. Go for coffee. Schedule weekly calls with people. Right? Sign up for maybe a group activity if you're by yourself. What are some group activities that you can engage in? Maybe that'll be a time for you to go out and do some exercise, right? Build that sense of community so that you know you're not alone. You can always have someone to talk to. And you always also want to seek professional support. Sometimes you might need to seek active treatment with a professional so that you can make the gradual changes and develop the strategies to help you. So you can do that. Talk to a counselor, talk to a therapist, talk to a coach. Think about the benefits on the other side and trust yourself through that process. Now, before we wrap up, I want to just touch on a little bit on some preventative measures because I know life will always life. And to me, I think that prevention is that oil that's going to keep your engine running and running a lot more smoother. First thing, track and notice all the thoughts that are keeping you on the cycle of stress and overwhelm. Once you start to notice, and you will, once you start to notice that you're feeling constantly stressed, constantly overwhelmed, constantly tired, what are the thoughts that are in your mind? Not what you're doing or what you should be doing, but what are you thinking, right? For some of us, we'll be thinking things like, well, I shouldn't be overwhelmed. I should be able to do it all. My family's counting on me. I have to do it. If I don't do it, nobody else will, right? And my favorite, I just need to teach them. <laughs> I just need to teach my kids and my husband. And typically, this means that we took over, we take over the thing and we do it. There are many more, but these are the top ones that I notice in myself and in my clients. And they just make me crack up because when we're saying it, we're so convinced that it's the truth. But really, it's not. <laughs> and so notice how thinking this way affects the way that you behave and how you feel. It's very fascinating. Just start tracking it. Next, you want to redefine your self-image. Not based on what you do, but who you want to be. So you might be a mom, you might be a wife, an employee, whatever it is, a business owner, all of the things. These are the things that you do. But who do you want to be? Like, what's the life that you want? Do you want to be a woman who lives a burnout-proof life? Do you want to be a woman who is peaceful and calm most times? Do you want to be a woman who feels at ease in the midst of chaos? This one has been a life changer for me. Because I know and I've accepted that life will be chaotic and not chaotic in like a negative sense, 
but just like busy because I'm a mom of three kids and I have a full-time job while I'm doing my business. I've also been in school for like three years. And so that was my thing for three years was like, you know what? I just want to feel at ease in the midst of all of the chaos. And it has been really helpful for me. So who do you want to be? Decide that now. And then understand your own seasons and name what matters. Are you a mom with young kids? What matters in this season? Are you a mom with older kids or maybe you're an empty nester? What matters in this season? Has your family undergone some kind of recent change? Are you back in school? Are you getting back into work? What matters in this season? Really understand that and know what's required of you so that you can adjust your own expectations, especially when it comes to trying to balance it all. Which I've said before, work-life balance doesn't exist. It's a scam. Something always has to give. And the reason why we struggle with the giving part is because we haven't determined that something needs to give and that just because we're giving something right now it's not going to be forever so let that be your understanding and then you want to prioritize your mental physical and emotional health i cannot overemphasize this enough one thing that my clients always tell me is how much they feel at peace and then they use that peaceful yardstick as the measure for everything else that they do and what they allow to happen in their lives So for me, I'm a firm believer in just being very ruthless when it comes to protecting my peace. Think about what feels nourishing to you when it comes to physical movement, when it comes to eating and sleep. Make sure those are priorities. Say no to hustle culture and overworking yourself. And this comes by establishing clear boundaries at work, at home, in your relationships with other people, and most importantly, in your relationship with yourself. I know it's a big one. We think about, oh, when we're thinking about boundaries, we think that it's for other people. But we also need boundaries for ourselves because we're like little toddlers. (laughs) We kind of need someone to ring us in sometimes. And you get to do that for yourself. And one thing you want to do is communicate your boundaries ahead of time to other people and follow through when people don't respect them. Most times we struggle with boundaries because we haven't even told other people. We just have it in our heads and we expect them to kind of know that by osmosis. I don't know how that happens. So really pay attention. I think that when you can pick one thing to start with yourself, you know, putting a boundary there and then following through. When you're able to have boundaries with yourself, it's a lot easier for you to have it with other people. One of the things that I've done for myself as a boundary for work has always been that I don't work on weekends or evenings. I've let people know that ahead of time. And it's a standard for my team. I don't expect my team members to be working on weekends. If something were to happen where that's needed, then I would reconsider. But at that time, it'll be an informed and an empowered decision. Not because we're victims to our situation, but because it's a decision, right? So if you're unable to finish your tasks on time during work hours, and you're always taking it into the evening or weekend, you really want to be thinking about having a conversation with your supervisor or your boss about their work expectations and maybe you need to work a little bit differently during the workday. These are definitely things that I've seen my clients go through and I've worked with them to be able to adjust and help them finish their tasks on time and stop working on evenings and weekends. They can spend that time with their families, camping, having fun, doing life, right? And that leads into my last thing, which is just working on your stress management actively. 
So incorporate things that are fun and creative into your life. I remember my daughter would say that adults are very boring <laughs> because there was a time that all I did was work and I only did things that were productive, you're in quote. But now I've, I don't know, for the past three years, I guess, I've been actively thinking about ensuring that there's fun and playfulness in what I'm doing and we will stop in the middle of the day, do something, even just like incorporating music into how I work. So I might be dancing and moving my body or reading jokes that makes me laugh. That's how I bring that element into my work days. Okay, my friends, I think this is a good place to stop. I've given you so much to think about. This is an episode you will want to come back to listen to often. I want to hear what you think about what I've shared. So send me an email at hello at oliveandbliss.ca or connect with me on Instagram. I'm at oliveandblisswellness and I'll include all the links in the show notes. And if you're looking for personalized support to really address and prevent burnout, I offer free sales calls where we can talk about what's stressing you out, really look at your plan, your lifestyle, your schedule to create what's going to help you get back on track. I also share how I can help you using my proven burnout proof lifestyle process. This is something that I've tested and tried out with my clients. It works. I've tested and tried out with myself. And if that's something that you're interested in, we can talk about how we can work together. It's very simple. All you need to do is sign up for a call. It's a free call. 60 minutes. You walk away feeling energized, feeling more clear about the steps to move forward. I'll include a link in the show notes. But if you have questions, feel free to reach out to me via the email. Hello at oliveandblaze.ca. All right, my friends, I'm so glad you were able to join me today. I hope that this was helpful for you and that you're going to take what we've shared today and put it to practice. Information's great, but taking action is going to get you there faster and create better results. Take care and until next time, keep thriving. Keep thriving.